Hi friends, welcome to I Am Epiphany, where my guests and I share the epiphanies that come from our personal journeys. You will get to hear my thoughts on a wide range of topics from pop culture to social justice issues to simply navigating life as a Black millennial. I am your creator and host, author and speaker Bethany Epiphany, and it is my pleasure to welcome you back. What up, folks? You're getting a little Juneteenth podcast surprise, surprise. Happy Juneteenth. Um, We're going to get into Juneteenth a little bit later, but how the hell are y'all? How's life? What's going on? Um, Are you drinking your water? Are you going to bed early? Um, Are you doing your exercises and meditations? Like, what's been going on? I am well. I am moving forward, taking it day by day, just like everyone else. So I'm so happy to be on the mic. Um, We're going to start with just some updates, you know? Per use. Let me see what has been going on in life. Um, okay, so for those of y'all who have been listening for some time, you know that on a couple of episodes, I have mentioned the dogs that reside next door. So I have new neighbors. Um, it's a family, a young family. And this family came with three large huskies that love to bark. And this isn't just some type of like your average dog bark. Like these huskies are not city dogs. Like these dogs need to be in the country somewhere. Like they are not used to the sounds and smells and atmosphere of the city and their barking shows it. So every time an ambulance comes by, they are like barking, howling, like screeching, like almost crying to the heavens. And it is loud, okay? It's like a chorus back there. It interrupts my sleep. It interrupts my working day because I do work remotely some days. And it just, it it disrupts the peace, right? So, you know, I did what I could as a friendly neighbor to let this new family know that their dogs are fucking up the vibe, basically. So at first it was very discreet with little like letters or notes that were um, sent to them saying, welcome to the neighborhood. Um, Just so you know, um, be mindful of the howling of your dogs, you know, so, so on and so forth. But it kept happening, right? And so I went next door and I spoke with the neighbor. We'll call the neighbor Bruce. And I was like, hi, Bruce, you know, I'm your neighbor. Nice to meet you. Um, so about your dogs, right? <laughs> about these dogs. And he was, you know, receptive. He was apologetic and said that he was going to try and work it out. Time goes on, nothing changes, and these dogs are howling to the gods. And I'm awakened from my sleep. And the last thing I'm going to put up with is being awakened from my rest. So I go next door again. I say, hey, Bruce, um, your dog's still not being quiet. 
and he was like oh yeah you know I'm gonna do my best and like I'm gonna put them in the garage you know um during the night and I was like yes put them in the garage let them howl, howl and bark all up in there just not all up in my ear and I told him I was like I don't want no trouble Bruce I don't want no trouble with you your family I just want peace and I was and he was like yeah for sure of course right time goes on nothing has changed I am awakened from my sleep at various hours of the night on different days 2 2 a.m in the morning 5 a.m in the morning 3 30 a.m in the morning all before the sun rises okay and I am irritable I understand how people lose it, how they just snap. I totally, totally get it now. I don't know if any of you are suffering um, due to noise disturbances from your neighbors, but baby, I am on the train with you. And I said, oh, hell no. So I get up, go next door. It's probably eight o'clock in the morning. I say, Bruce. I said, I'm trying to sleep. I'm like, your dogs are up here howling and barking. I said, you need to, basically you need to do something about this. And he was getting frustrated. He was like, you know, they're, you know, they're dogs and they're going to do what dogs do, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dogs are going to be dogs. They're going to bark. I get that. But I want you to abide by your word and put these dogs in the garage. Like you said, I said, and I'm not the only neighbor who's having issues with your dogs. He's like, well, you're the only one that's come up and and approached us. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, taking deep breaths in between my comments, because I'm trying to stay on track with what I came over there to do. And I tell him, I was like, you can go and ask the neighbors next door if you want to, or across the street or down the street. I was like, I'm not the only neighbor who's having issues with your dogs. I said, all I want is peace. And all I want to do is be able to go to sleep. And he, you know, he was talking and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, you're losing sleep right now. Just talking to me. And I was like, I would have been losing sleep either way because your dogs are barking. And then the dog started howling and barking right in the middle of our conversation. I was like, thank you, God. Thank you, universe. Because now you can hear what I'm dealing with, even though he could hear it all the while. You know, he knew them dogs was tearing up. And um, he was like, yeah, you're losing sleep while you're over here talking to me. And um, I can only do what I can do and blah, blah, blah. And I told him again, I said, I don't want no problems, Scott. I mean, ooh. Oops, put his real name out there. Woo. I was like, I don't want no problems, Bruce. I do not want any issues. I said, all I want is peace and I want to be able to go to sleep, right? So that was the last time I went over there. Since then, the dogs, they bark, but they haven't been barking in the way that they used to. Um, I'm thinking they got some type of sound system a dog barking silencer or something um because it hasn't been as bad and you know I called the cops on them okay I I called and I made a noise complaint and I was about to file a um a criminal complaint I sure was I sure was I sure was because at the end of the day the dog should not become come before um, you know, the peace of the neighborhood. I'm sorry. 
But I was talking to my friend who is a cop and he told me what I should do. So he's like, you can file this, you know, criminal complaint. And ha- that way they have to address it because I was calling the cops. I was like, yeah, I want to, I'm calling for a ner- noise disturbance and they wouldn't do anything. So by filing an actual report, they would have to come and do something about it. But I'm giving it some time. We'll see how it goes um, because I don't want to have to take it to the next level, but I will. Okay. Because I will not lose sleep over some dogs. Sorry. Um, so those are the dog updates. <laughs> um, my car update. So I shared in the previous episode that my car was actually stolen. So it's been a month and I received a call last week from the police department saying that they found my car. And I'm like, oh my God, they found my car. So I go down to the police department, fill out the paperwork. um, And I'm like, where did y'all find my car? And basically they found my car in the same city where I'm currently located. And that really, really annoyed me. Because I'm like, I'm going through all this hassle, this stress, and y'all didn't go anywhere with this car. At least let them find the car in Vegas. At least chop up the car and sell the parts. Do something. This lets me know that you literally had nothing better to do. You had nothing better to do. You decided to take my car for a nice little joyride, leave it on a local street, and peace out. And I'm dealing with all the aftermath of, of everything. So it, I was annoyed. So I go to the tow yard. I see my baby. And she's on the outside. She looks fine. I don't see any damage. But I still have to take it to my... Um, the insurance has to take my car to their mechanic to see if any repairs need to be done. Um, but that is the update on my car situation I am grateful to have my baby, to see that she is well. It's just extra steps and things that I have to do now um, in regards to getting her checked out. Um, So those have been the more so stressful things. Um, What about the happy things? Happy things. Um, My locks are flourishing, you know. Um, I have 113 locks. I am eight months in the game, baby, you know, and I'm striding forward, you know. I'm healthy and alive. Um, I am focusing on like a small little book that I want to publish in the fall. So I have to prepare for that. But other than, you know, those few stressful things, um, I still am blessed and I, you know, I'm walking with a lot of gratitude Um, and I'm good. I'm good. And I had a really good Juneteenth and we're going to get into Juneteenth right after this break. All right, so let's talk about Juneteenth. For those who don't know, 
Juneteenth is an annual commemoration of the end of slavery in the United States after the Civil War. On June 19, 1865, a couple of months after the Confederate General Robert E. Lee surrendered, a Union general by the name of Gordon Granger arrived in Galveston, Texas to inform enslaved African Americans of their freedom and that the Civil War had ended. The general's announcement put into effect the Emancipation Proclamation, which had been issued nearly two, maybe two and a half years earlier, on January 1st, 1863, by President Abraham Lincoln. So President Biden signed legislation that made Juneteenth a federal holiday. And so interest in the day was renewed during the summer of 2020, you know, after the nationwide protests that followed the police killings of Black Americans, including Breonna Taylor and, of course, George Floyd. And there has been a noticeable increase in Juneteenth across the U.S. for the past, you know, couple of years. And I celebrated well, okay? As to be expected, LA had various Juneteenth celebrations happening from cookouts to concerts. I attended a free concert at the historic Lamert Park. Amazon Music put on a free concert with artists like Buddy, who is an LA native, Kamasi Washington, who's an LA native, um, and Masego, and there was like another artist, I can't remember the name. It was a beautiful black ass day. Okay, let's start with the black people. My people, my people, my cup runneth over. Seeing all the beautiful black faces. Ugh, I was overjoyed. The beautiful black queens rocking their hairstyles from froze to locks to braids. The creativity. It knows no bounds, okay? The creativity is just oozing from our pores. And of course, we have our beautiful black men, you know, showing up, (laughs) dressed to impress, okay? (laughs) And as a black person, it's easy to forget how much you need to be refueled in those spaces. Like when you're on the go, living day to day and working, surviving, moving at a fast pace, and then you come into a community space, it's almost like exhaling. You forget that you've been holding your breath. That's what being around my people feels like, like exhaling. It's black boy joy and black girl magic intermingling and taking up the space. It's everything. And then you have added to that this wonderful free concert. Masego is bae. I love him. Ugh, I love him. And Kamasi Washington, I was not as familiar with his work. He is a jazz musician. Fantastic. Fantastic. Then I came back the next day and I brought my mom because she said she wanted to be around some black folks. And Lamert was still popping. And you know that there will always be black people at Lamert. 
And um, we walked to the drum circle and that was it. That was all she wrote. The ancestors beckoned through the drums. And my mama got the party started, baby, okay? She got in that drum circle and started dancing, honey. And more people got in and the drummers kicked it into high gear and it turned into this beautiful black synergy. You know, there is something about the drums. It's something, it taps into something that is so innate, something that's so visceral that the mind can't touch. It's hard to put into words, but what was interesting was how right next to the drum circle was a DJ who was playing hip hop music, but nobody was over there. There were maybe like, maybe like five people were over there because the crowd had gathered around the drums and the energy was palpable. We had so much fun, so much fun. So I hope you had fun on your Juneteenth weekend as well. But I wanted to talk about Juneteenth, not simply to share about my great weekend, but to address this idea that had been shared with me by my students and this same idea I saw on social media. And basically the idea was that Juneteenth should only be celebrated by black people. I was teaching a program at USC last week and one of my students asked me an unrelated question. He said, how do you feel about non-black people, people outside of our community taking advantage of the holiday? And of course, his question triggered responses from the other students. My class consists of Latinx and black students. The black students were vocal while my Latinx students remained quiet but extremely present during the conversation. And I left space for students to share their thoughts before I provided my opinion. My, I told my student that the question lacked clarity for me and I needed more clarity. I had a lot more questions than I did answers. I asked my student, I said, well, what do you mean by taking advantage? What does a non-black person taking advantage of the holiday look like? Are you talking about taking financial advantage because that would be a problem for me? Or are you talking about taking advantage meaning that people don't have to go to work? And if people don't have to go to work, does that negatively impact the black community? How does it work that I, as a black person, take quote unquote advantage of holidays that do not pertain to me? What about Cesar Chavez Day or Veterans Day? I'm like, did anyone in this classroom fight for this country? Because I know that I did not. And yet I get to participate in the holiday. And what does taking advantage of the holiday look like for black people? Will we spend time with family? Are we going to be educating ourselves on black history during this day? Will we be buying things from only black businesses, which wouldn't happen, or buying into 
a capitalist society that upholds white supremacy? Like, what do you mean by black? What if I'm a first generation Nigerian and my family has no historical connection to slavery? Would I be able to participate in the holiday? There are a lot of questions that my students couldn't answer. And I told my students that the intention, execution, and the impact of such a decision was not clear at all. And therefore, I could not support this idea. To ban people from participating in a holiday does what for Black people? How does that benefit us at all? This idea of Juneteenth only being celebrated by Black people comes from a painful past and a desire to have something that is just ours, something that cannot be tainted or exploited or stolen by anyone else. And that feeling is absolutely valid. And there are spaces and groups that are just for us. But we're talking about a holiday. And let's face it, a lot of POC groups are ignorant about Juneteenth. And so are a lot of Black people. So banning POC from a holiday that they know nothing about only breeds more ignorance to me. Inviting people from different cultural backgrounds to learn about Juneteenth and its importance cultivates more understanding. And we want people to know our history and what we've contributed and what we've sacrificed for this country, that we built this country, that black history is American history. But if you close people out, how does that happen? I would argue that banning people, especially POC or other oppressed groups from participating in a holiday only reinforces white supremacy because of the possibility of creating more division. One of the goals of white supremacy is power, maintaining power. And how do you maintain power? You make those who want and deserve the power fight amongst themselves. And that's exactly what we're doing. We fight amongst ourselves, thinking that one group has it better than the other, forgetting that our unity could create a dramatic shift in power. Many activists who were assassinated were killed because of their desire and their ability to unify. If you think about Black Panther Fred Hampton, who formed the Rainbow Coalition, where the focus was on unifying different cultural groups in Chicago, assassinated. What, what about Rudy Lozano, who helped POC occupy political positions and who focused on black and brown unity? Assassinated. What about Martin Luther King Jr., who, side note, it really annoys me how... I mean, they just talk about his I have a dream speech as though this man spoke of nothing else, as though he had no other uh, powerful points of view. They have whitewashed 
his legacy to me. They've pacified it. Um, They tried to paint him as being someone who was not a radical, and he was, especially in his later days. Like, MLK created the Poor People's Campaign that focused on economic justice for those experiencing poverty, regardless of race, assassinated, right? The power is in the unity. The epiphany is that in this country, we are stronger together than we are apart. But the only way we are going to unify is if there is an honest, uncomfortable conversation about the prejudice expressed in all of these groups and honesty about the ways in which we practice white supremacist ideals in these groups and against each other, how there is a lot of anti-blackness in these groups. Unity requires having honest, uncomfortable conversations first. The conversation started to happen after George Floyd And I fear the desire for those conversations are fleeting. And all all of this is just some, some food for thought, right? The conversations have to happen. I hope that they will happen um, amongst POC groups. For those of you who don't know about Juneteenth, I urge you to educate yourself about the holiday. Knowing history informs us about the present, so educate yourself. To my people, my people, I hope you had a beautiful Juneteenth, and I hope you continue to have a beautiful Black Ass Week. Peace, y'all. Hey, friends, thanks for listening. Please tune in every other Monday for a new episode of I Am Epiphany. You can learn more about me, Bethany Epiphany, at bethanyepiphany.com or follow me on Instagram at beepiphany. That is B-E-P-I-F-A-N-I. Until next time, everybody, peace. Peace.